Okay, welcome back to United Pubcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. And look, we will be scrolling through our phones um, every two minutes waiting for an official update. Um, Larry, as the title suggests, um, in terms of Solskjaer has been sacked. Well, I've seen a few comments here, which we'll get into. Has it been officially announced? Well, from the club, no. But um, yes, look, he has been sacked. Um, we're just waiting the official announcement. Um, all the credible journalists have said this has happened and it's now up to sort of how they announce it. We thought it was going to be 9 a.m. UK time. That's not the case. But we will be scrolling through Twitter as we go. And we just thought we'll just get on live and just have a chat and just as the news unfolds, because very likely something will happen when we are on air. And we'll just sort of dissect the thing as it goes, interact with all the comments. And um, first things first, though, this isn't a depressing beer, but I've got my beer with me. I'm just going to crack <laughs> it open. Just not in an emotional way, but I think just as a tribute to Solskjaer. I think we will discuss the sacking and the negativity around that and the, rightly so we haven't performed but also he has done good things for united so as my beer social i don't know what you're drinking but um i'm definitely keen for a few um i'm i'm extremely under the weather but um look i'll i'll cheers my bottle of water totally gonna social with full respect um because today's been tom let me ask you, how have you been feeling um, since like you know, since we've I sort of heard the news, because it, it almost it, it's got this lull in you, doesn't it? It almost feels like you, you've broken up with someone or you've lost someone. It, it's it's been quite depressing. I think a lot of us have become numb to it. We sort of expected this for a while, so it's not out of the blue, and maybe that has softened the blow. But yeah, you're right in terms of the it is a dep- depressing feeling. Whatever your thoughts on Solskjaer, if you're a Man United fan, it hurts because we wanted to see him succeed. And unfortunately, that hasn't happened. And we watched him in pre- sort of the post-match interviews, and we've used the term before, but he did look a broken man in some of the questions that were asked of him. And his reply to them, he just—he is a fan out there. He's you and me. You and me would love that job. We're not good enough. So if we were there, we'd be in that position where we're getting asked tough questions, and we know what can I do? Like I'm under the pump here. Like so, you do feel for him. But um, as I said, there is no official confirmation as of yet. But we will be scrolling. So if you are watching on delay and the official announcement is 3 a.m. Australian time when we haven't gone live, the conversation still applies. He has been sacked. Um, everything we're going to say now still has relevance. So just some comments. Um, and we pretty much just interact with all the comments and bounce off ideas. I'm a bit of a longer chat today, and I'm sure I'll sort of finish this beer and on to the next beer. But a few comments um, in. Appreciate everyone joining us. George, good evening, mate. And Wes, good to see you. Um, Golski is saying just devastated by this entire story. Looking forward to putting it behind us. We, we have to we have to look what's in front of us in regards to the future. But I think this um, episode will be good just to look back and sort of the highs and lows of Solskjaer's time. United Justin here from the Supporters Club. Grateful for everything Oli has achieved during his time as manager. Unfortunately, not the te- could not take the team to the next level. Excited for what the future holds. Mikey saying has officially been announced. Well, no, technically no, hasn't been officially announced, but. Look, Man United are always the last to officially announce something. We, we, we kind of all know it is done. Um, Dylan, um, good morning, mate. Hope you're keeping well. And um, yeah, Ollie here, pretty much. Um, always, sorry, I'm pretty much echoing our thoughts, which we'll sort of all get into. So, always, um, Ollie will be a, always a legend, and rightly so. And where do you want to start, Larry? Um, I'm just going to scroll through Twitter to make sure we haven't missed anything, but just your thoughts. You've asked me how I've been doing today. Um, how about you? Yeah, it's been a, a weird feeling. Um, one of those where you know the inevitable was coming um, and it's the right decision. I think we can all agree to that. But it's it's been one that's – it does hit you with a little bit of sadness and I think that comes because Solskjaer is one of us. He, he's a Manchester United fan. He wants the best for the football club. But it's also allowed a time for reflection, something to, I guess, look at how did this tenure start or Solskjaer's tenure start. And if you actually look at all he's done – we said it, Tom, that he might. We said it when he was appointed. It might not be that he's the man for the job, but we did say he would leave the club in a better position. Now, you look at the squad that's been left behind compared to the one that Solskjaer took over. Now, the one I'll question Phil Jones on the new contract, but uh, outside of that, well, all jokes report, Solskjaer was actually quite shocked when that happened. And who knows? It might have been Solskjaer's decision. He might just be playing a good PR game, or it might have been yeah. above him, which I very much think it was. Absolutely. From the reports, Solskjaer wasn't quizzed on it but from all reports Solskjaer was hang on what's happening here I haven't sort of signed off on this and um th- that's the thing we'll never know we'll never know the influence Van Hal had or the influence Mourinho had or Solskjaer had and who is sort of pulling those strings above him and that is sort of a discussion for when we get into the next manager and what control they have if was it going to be Antonio Conte did he say no to United because of what his restraints would have been does Zidane who everyone seems to think is the favorite the reports seem to suggest he's a little bit hesitant um 
then is the next manager going to be sort of a so-called yes man? Like I could very well sit here and everyone's screaming for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be sacked. We've almost, almost all of us in kind of an agreement. Well, in two years' time, whoever that if we get Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, in two years' time, we're going to be having the same debate saying, "Look, it was the wrong appointment." But we all will all be very excited when Zidane's here next week, holding up the Man United shirt. But I can very well guarantee, and I don't want this to be the case, but evidence suggests this will be what happens in two years' time. We'll be going, "Why did we get Zidane? That's not the manager we should have got." Am I being a little bit reactionary there? Or no, you're right. And fundamentally, um, it comes down to the Glazers are the other issue um, because we're not run like a football club. And it comes back to that Phil Jones issue. Manchester United evidently have a policy where they don't like to let any player just run out their contract. Now, a proper football club would suggest if this player is not good enough, you let the contract go, you cut, you cut your liability. But unfortunately, with Manchester United, they view every player as an asset. When we're talking about what's the value of Manchester United, if the Glazers were to go to market tomorrow and say we want, we're looking to sell, the value of Phil Jones' contract comes into account in that value, which I know sounds ridiculous. I don't think he's worth the expired milk in my fridge, Tom. But the reality is they're looking at it as, oh, he's an asset. He's got a three-year contract worth X million dollars. That adds to the value of the asset. It, it's it's bullshit, but that's Glazonomics for you. Yeah, no, look, we'll get into it. And Dylan here from the Supporters Club, um, I know he was going to England. I'm not sure if he's there now, but if he was there, should, um, first United game to go to. Let us know if you were there, Dylan. I know you were heading over. I didn't know your first game was going to be away at Watford, but you are part of history, maybe. Um, there's sort of a historic game for the wrong reasons, but whether negative or positive, it's all part of Man United's history. Um, unfortunately, you got the short end of the stick there, but... George is saying, um, all in all, Oli has improved the squad in his tenure. When he got the job, his job, his job description was to bring the feel-good factor back to the club, and he mostly did that. And Larry, stay on that point because I want to ask you a question regarding that and get your thoughts in the comments, but just another comment here from Aaron, who was a member of the Supporters Club here, but he's moved over to Perth. Keep up the good work, lads, listening from Perth. So good to have you with us, Aaron. And feel free, he played in our, one of our last Supporters Club games, I think, against Manchester City. So rest assured, Aaron, we are playing Watford in a couple of weeks, and we are sharpening our studs. Um, as we prepare for a little bit of revenge there. But on that comment from George Larry in regards to what Solskjaer did when his job, what his job description was when he came in, mm. it was very much different then when he was sort of going to PSG with McTominay, Fred, and um, who else? It was a midfield, Andres Pereira, McTominay, Fred in, in Paris type of thing. It was a very different job to now having Jadon Sancho, Rafael Varane, Cristiano Ronaldo. And that's ultimately why he's probably lost his job because it, the description did change. But weighing all that up, weighing the expectation when he came in and how unfortunately it has ended, out of 10, can you give him a rating? Oh, he didn't win a trophy, which is the disappointing thing, but we were always competitive. And I think that's the greatest compliment I can give him. The first manager, you can say what you want about the Glazers and so forth. And, you know, the Jose Mourinho fanboys, let me tell you something. Jose Mourinho never secured us back-to-back -back Champions League qualification. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did. Um, well, let me correct that. We got into the Champions League through the Europa League, and then we finished second. But Solskjaer got us finishing in the top four for consecutive seasons, first time since Sir Alex. Uh, Louis van Gaal uh, fell short in that regard as well. Now, I think anyone would tell you those two managers are better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, better coaches. But he's the, he was the one who managed to do it. He's also the one that's managed to put a football side out there that we can be proud of as fans. And I think that that's something to, yeah, maybe it's not as important to a Chelsea fan or a Manchester City fan, but as a Manchester United fan, that's something I truthfully value. I think ultimately you look at the tenure as a whole, you'd probably say it's a six out of 10. It started great. Obviously, if we were finishing at the end of last season, I think the failure to win the Europa League trophy is the really disappointing one. I think we should have won that trophy, absolutely. But he's done, he did a good job, um, and I don't think we managed to put that squad together if Mourinho or Louis van Gaal were the manager. So, all in all, um, I think a 6 out of 10 for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, look, I think that's fair. I think it, look, it was so good at the start, and unfortunately it's so bad at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, But but I think we forget, like, okay, it's bad now, but it, it was bad when Mourinho was getting sad. Like that, that was a bad moment in United's history. So Solskjaer had a big, a big job to do to get us back to – and the reason I might be – jump that up to maybe a 6.5 or a 7, is you, you talk about, okay, he kept us competitive. What he did for me, and okay, yes, it's about trophies. I completely understand that. But the main thing for me, he put a smile on the face. It was the first time, even though we won trophies or trophies, but we won a trophy or two under Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho, it felt like it was the first time we ever smiled as Man United fans since Sir Alex when Solskjaer came in. When van Gaal won that trophy, 
or filthy with the football. When Jose Mourinho, well, it was only the Europa League and only the League Cup and the football wasn't great and he was dragging our name through the mud. But with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even without the trophies, there was something to okay. think about us as Australian Man United fans on the other side of the world having to get up at 3 a.m. under Louis van Gaal or 3 a.m. under Solskjaer. It was a pleasure doing it under Solskjaer, even though sometimes the football wasn't great. There was something there. There was something about Manchester United there. Under Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho, it just wasn't quite there. And I th- saw this argument on Twitter. And I think maybe it's a little bit harsh on van Gaal and Mourinho, but I think there definitely is a case. There was a case in terms of, we're talking about the men individually, forget the managers, but them as people. There's a very strong case that Louis van Gaal, when he was sacked, probably wanted United to go on and to fail, to say, hey, look at the job I had. This is how difficult it is. Jose Mourinho, probably definitely there's a bit of that. He wanted United to fail when he left. So people could say, look how sort of difficult the job is. You're kidding with Jose Sol- Mourinho. Do you see his bald mate? Mate, Duncan Castles is doing cartwheels this morning. Seriously. Well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, though. Well, that's it. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, though, will want United to win 5 mil against Villarreal and smack Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And Absolutely. I think that sort of is sort of a testament to the men. And that's maybe a little bit harsh on Van Halen Mourinho. I don't want to accuse him of that, but I wouldn't be shocked. And I'm sure there are elements of that with those two managers where Solskjaer leaves Manchester United today and wants Manchester United to return to winning ways tomorrow. Yeah, I think um, if I were to think, I'm trying to think what was a Liverpool with uh, maybe Kenny Dalglish is probably the, the most similar example I can think of where you've got a club legend who takes over, clearly not fit to be a manager for uh, the position that they're in. But Kenny Dalglish is still a Liverpool fan. We saw the scenes um, as annoying as it was most recently when Sir Alex was very deflated and Kenny Dalglish having the time of his life at 5-0. Um, and, and that's the thing. I think I, I hope that we see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still in and around Old Trafford in the months or year to come or years to come. And I hope he's sitting there enjoying the successes of what he's built the foundation for. And I think that's the important thing. I think when we eventually, if we go on to achieve a Premier League in the next season or two, we will look back and say, you know what, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he built the foundation for this success. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we want to get into some points, and we've written down some points, and usually we have them in order, but we're just sort of a little bit winging it. But we've got all the points written down. I want to get into them. But just a few comments is, um, from guys in the chat. Um, John here from the Supporters Club. Hope you're keeping well, John. Um, good to see you, mate. Ollie should have been sacked after the loss to Liverpool, but when you have clueless owners, they let let it drag for another month regardless of the results towards the end. Ollie's still a legend. Completely agree. And yeah, it was what we were saying. Maybe not so much, well, yes, the Liverpool one, but especially after Manchester City where we saw that international break saying, well, can't sack him now. Well, you have to sack him now because you can't lose to Watford and then sack him. That just won't happen. Mm. Here we are. <laughs> lose to Watford and we have to sack the manager two days before the game. And Sully here, good to see you, Troy. Um, while not successful in terms of titles, Ollie brought back the feel-good factor up until the last year. Probably overstayed his welcome this season, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I disagree. Hope you're keeping well, though, mate. Um, I would have brought Sully on. He's one of the best right-backs I've played with. He should come on over Diego Delo. He should be our backup right-back. Um, Sully, good defender. Um, George saying, we'll misled a question. We'll misled about Ollie's coaching ability in our good years. We'll seventh before lockdown and finish third and second without crowds in normal circumstances. Ollie did seem to be below par, which look, it's a, it's a very hard. I think when you dissect and look back at sort of the situations and sort of the facts and figures around it, um, it is interesting to sort of oh, look at it that way. It's a hard one to answer George, but I'm not going to really use the, you know, he, he we finished second in unusual circumstances. We played in the same circumstances the 19 other clubs did. So whatever excuse United had, so did every other club. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use that as a stick to beat Solskjaer with. I think we finished second because we deserve to finish second, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and last one here before we get into sort of the crux of everything. And still, I'm scrolling through Twitter. Nothing has actually been confirmed. We thought you know we were going to do it at 9 a.m. UK time, but nothing as of yet. Um, but George saying, Ollie did a great job, got rid of the Deadwood, which was a big thing. I think we look back and we were joking in the pub the other day saying we could do Marouane Um Fellaini. Fellaini was quite good. We could deal with him against Manchester City. But th- those were important decisions to be made. We had to forget what he's doing now. We had to get rid of Lukaku. We had to get rid of Ashley Young. We had to get rid of Sanchez. And these are decisions Solskjaer made. So... Please, the supporters, uh, where we're playing decent football. If he developed tactics and learned how to rotate his players, he would have got an 8 out of 10, which I agree. That was the, the biggest thing for me was the lack of rotation in the squad. But, Larry, we'll move on to sort of a few sort of points. And the, the one thing I want to get into here, now he's going to be sacked as Manchester United. That's what it is. Solskjaer wants to remain in the position. Of course he does. He's going to be sacked. But the decision will be, or the announcement will be, along the lines of a mutual consent. And it's come out that the Glazers, you just put a banner up here saying, 
the Glazers want the sacking to be respectful. Now, I look at this and I put it back, not so much the Mourinho one, that came a little bit out of the blue, but the Louis van Hell one where he was walking up the Wembley steps to create the FA Cup, to lift the FA Cup, sorry, and he was sacked then on the spot. Twitter and the world of football knew then that he was sacked when he was lifting that trophy. How that was leaked and he found out through his wife, his wife found out on social media and let Louis van Hell know. I thought that was shocking. I thought that was disgusting. Now, here we are sitting the whole world 24 hours or 12 hours before Solskjaer is sacked. The whole world here is discussing it. Here we are discussing his sacking and Solskjaer hasn't been notified. And I just think how this has got out, okay, you can put a fancy statement out saying, well, they're leaving by mutual consent. It's not respectful in my opinion. Like how this has got out, surely this is a conversation between two or three Pete, two or three Glazer brothers, Ed Woodward and Solskjaer. There shouldn't be more than four people in the world who know what's happening. Some of the 20 billion people know what's happening. And I think that's shocking in regards to the treatment of Solskjaer. Yeah, I, I think this is a fundamental issue that speaks to the culture at Manchester United. The amount of leaks that come out of the club, Tom, is disgraceful. And look, as a fan, of course, I'm intrigued. I'm going to buy into it. You buy into it. We're all here buying into it. But why are we finding out that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is sacked before the club's announced anything. I didn't see that. I, don't, I never see it happen with Chelsea. I never see it happen with Arsenal, with um, with United Emery when he was sacked. Just don't, it doesn't happen. But with United, everything comes out. When we're about to sign a player, we know about it three days ahead of time. When a manager's getting sacked, we're knowing about it ahead of time. We knew Louis van Gaal was getting replaced months before he got sacked. He found mm-hmm. out the day he was lifting the FA Cup trophy. It's abysmal, and and that's something that has been seen under Ed Woodward. You know, that's probably a video for another day. When Ed Woodward leaves the club, I would love to just look at all the failures one by one by one that he's achieved. And I think what makes it worse with every manager, even Joe, we look back and people say, oh, Jose Mourinho didn't take any shit from the Glazers. Well, no, he was a yes man, just like Louis van Gaal. They all defended the Glazers in public. Whatever you think in terms of pressure they put on the Glazers, they still defended them. And Solskjaer has defended the Glazers, but he was the employer. It was the employee sort of thing. So he naturally had to. He was under contract to do so. But the the lengths he has gone to sort of protect them and be the Glazers and Woodward's almost human shield, their own little punching bag, he has deflected so much blame from them Look, the Glazers don't give they don't give a toss about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but they really should because you look at those protests, how intense and how angry they were. That was that was at the Glazers. That was at Ed Woodward. That was at the football club. That wasn't at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and that could have been and maybe should have been directed solely at the Glazers for months and months and months. But Solskjaer did a very good job in sort of steering that pressure away from them. He did, um, and look, I, I, I see these Twitter heroes and. You know, the ones with the teenage fan bases, you know who I'm talking about. You see them come online and they use their platforms to say Solskjaer's, you know, doesn't have an underbelly, he's soft, he, if he had anything about him, he would challenge the Glazers. There are many people who don't like their bosses in, in the workforce. I've worked for people I don't like. Do you think I'm going to go out telling people how much I hate him or hate her? It doesn't well, you happen. Think, you think Solskjaer gets another job if he comes out and tells the owners? What, what if he goes to... Newcastle is going to start having, they're going to say, hang on, you're going to say something about us. Exactly, 100%. And, you know, Jose did it. Jose did it to an extent, and then he was sacked not long after. And just think, right, like, so we're hearing that Solskjaer's payout's going to be around $7.5 Just think, the Glazers, and we know they like to save a buck, Tom, they were willing to part way with £18 million for Jose Mourinho's severance. So just think how fed up they were with him with all his comments. And you just look at Mourinho's career since then. So, you know, being the big man doesn't always pay off. No, it's fascinating. We'll hear a comment um, from Mike saying, heard a rumor the Glazers will delay the announcement after the stock exchange opens Monday. Probably not true. Wouldn't put it past them. Look, I think that, that, I think rumor that is sort of, true. Well, it, it could be. I know nothing about how that works, but it, that rumor comes out every single transfer. No, we're not announcing him today. We're going to announce him this time because that's the time in New York and that's when that opens. And then it never eventuates. So it could be something in it, but there might be absolutely nothing in it. But that rumor does float around every big decision, kit launches, transfers, sales, managers, um, who knows? <laughs> Smarter people than me will have the answer to that. And um, Aaron over from Perth, what do you think of the rumours floating around the last few hours about Fletch um, taking temporary fart, temporary charge, which throws us into the next point, um, Larry. We'll get into the, the scenarios of if we win against Villarreal and what happens and compare that back to Solskjaer in terms of his interim period. There's an outrage over Darren Fletcher taking charge. It's, this is reportedly what's going to happen. He's going to take charge and Carrick and McKenna will stay in their assistant roles for the time being, whoever the new manager is, whether that 
whether they have an input into their coaching staff, you'd hope so, but that's a debate for another day when we know um, the situation a little bit more clearly. There's an outrage with Jaron Fletcher taking this job against Villarreal. I don't see a problem with it. Look, look, I don't want this. Uh, I don't want it to happen and then happen against Chelsea, then happen against Arsenal. But you physically need, I think by law, by football law, you probably need a physical manager in the dugout. We'll need someone there. If you get rid of all the coaches now and don't get Zidane in by Tuesday night, well, who are you going to have? You're going to bring in Catherine Reception and put her in the dugout? Like you're going to need, <laughs> some, you, you're going to need someone in the dugout. That's uh, a but, but but it's not a it's not a long term thing. So look, I don't understand the outrage, but I kind of do. But um, your thoughts on well, one is this a short term thing, or could okay. you see a scenario where this drags out and suddenly Fletcher's in charge for Chelsea, suddenly he's in charge for Arsenal, suddenly we're out of the Champions League group and Fletcher's at the wheel. Fletcher's at the wheel. Tell me how good does it feel? Um, look, I don't see it happening. Um, I think he will be in charge for Villarreal, but. I can't see it going far beyond that. I, I dare say by Chelsea, we'll have someone in. We're not Newcastle United. We're not battling relegation as much as it might feel like it at the moment. Um, though we are one point ahead of Crystal Palace, so there you go. But look, it all being serious, Tom, um, I, I'd imagine United will have a, a replacement in. Now, I imagine that we might not have the permanent replacement in. I, I think that's important to be said. I think Fletcher might actually be the interim before the interim. And that's a very possible scenario. You could see Zidane saying, basically, I'll come in in the summer because if I finish fifth or sixth this season, I don't want to wear the brunt of it. And rightfully so, to be honest. Well, that's the issue I've had. Not not the issue I've had with Zinedine Zidane, but the way I know our fan base will react. And there are two different sections to our fan base. There's people who you respect and value their opinion, but there are loud voices who do dictate a narrative on Twitter and social media type thing. And if Zidane comes in, and I've said this before, said this before, and some people can take it as a little bit tongue in cheek, but as I said, these stupid voices on Twitter and YouTube, they will sort of dictate this. If Zidane comes in, and doesn't win the Champions League, we'll want him out because we'll say, "Hang on, Thomas Tuchel came in halfway through the season in Champions League and won the Champions League," and that will be thrown at Zidane's door if he doesn't win it. So that is where I can almost see Zidane saying, "Well, I'm only set up to failure because look at all these other managers." Um, Pochettino wants the job, but he's obviously got a good job at the moment. Brennan Rogers will obviously jump at the opportunity if United want him. Where well, all the reports from Zinedine Zidane are that he is a little bit hesitant in taking the job. And I, I'm just thinking there, whether that be through his wife, some of the reports saying his wife's not too keen on a move to Manchester. But what are your thoughts on that in regards to Zidane in terms of, we okay, say so we all want him as a manager. He's the perfect manager. Let's get him in. If he doesn't have his heart set on Manchester United, it, it's like a player. Do you want to bring in this world-class player who's just here for the money? I'm not saying Zidane's coming for the money, but if his heart's not in it, are you, do you still want him as the manager or do you want a lesser manager who is going to put their heart and soul and live and breathe Manchester United? Um, I would go for the latter, of course. But look, I, I dare say Zidane will only take the job if he's heart in it. You, you can't be half committed to this job. You, it will eat you alive. Um, and look, I think Zidane is the good fit, Tom, but you can't help but admit that it's not the perfect appointment. You, you can't help but have a reservation. There's a lot of room for error. There's talks. His English isn't fantastic. That's great, actually. Harry Maguire won't understand him. He'll just bench him just so he doesn't have to communicate with him. That'll be a blessing. But in all seriousness, you know, there's talk. He's not a, a super tactician. So I don't know. I think when I look at this United side, it's not the typical. With, with Mourinho and Van Hal, there was the argument of, you know, lost the dressing room. It doesn't feel like that with this one. I think this side just needs to. It needs a manager who knows how to get the best out of each player. How do we find the balance between accommodating Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Cristiano Ronaldo, Jadon Sancho, and Marcus Rashford without leaving the midfield and the defense for dead? And I think that's where you're going to need someone who's creative enough to implement a system to allow all of that to happen. So, look, th there's going to be risk no matter what happens. But if you're talking about a feel-good factor... And I think what Zidane will do, he won't care about personalities. I think he'll simply put the best team out there for the job. He'll, I think Paul Pogba will come straight in back into the fray, which will be really interesting mm. because then you have an argument of, okay, if Pogba and Bruno can't play together, is Bruno potentially going to be on the outer? It's possible. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Actually, on Bruno, I just want to get to one or two comments there. What do you make of that in terms of post-match? Because I put it out on Twitter and at the end of the day, I'd prefer to see a good performance. I'd prefer to see three points. I'd prefer to see Bruno putting the ball in the top corner and winning football games. That's not happening at the moment. The post-match when Solskjaer went over to the away fans and sort of he's put his hands up in sort of an apologetic way, sort of saying sorry, and almost almost probably knowing that he's waving goodbye to the, 
um, away fans. Bruno Fernandez got involved and sort of because there were a few boos from the away fans, you can't hide from that. And Bruno got involved saying, Hey, shut up. This is on the players. This is not just Solskjaer. This is on all of us. Start booing us, not just when Solskjaer comes over. And I don't want to start another Harry Maguire debate type thing. And I've had my sort of opinions well known that I don't think Bruno Fernandez is the Manchester United captain. But I did like what I saw. Like he was fighting for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And yes, I would prefer to see fighting on the pitch and sort of three points and a good performance. But I did like what I saw there. That shows that people are saying, well, he's lost the dressing room. Well, no, he hasn't lost the dressing room. Maybe from a football side of view, they need a new voice. But he hasn't lost the dressing room. Those players still love Solskjaer. And I thought I was very happy with what I saw from Bruno Fernandes there. That I took something from that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I loved it. I loved it. Because we've seen the likes of Duncan Castle say that Bruno Fernandes, or maybe not directly Bruno, but he'll say senior members of the squad aren't particularly fans of Solskjaer's training regime and the way that the the coaching, the training sessions have been set up. So I think for Bruno Fernandes to do it, and let's be honest, for those players, it would be so easy not to get involved. Bruno, you know, he had nothing to lose. He had nothing to gain there, Bruno. He he went out there to defend his manager. So full kudos to him. Um, I I loved it. Um, Again, I'm with you. I I would have preferred to see Bruno put in a man of the match performance and put the ball in the top bins. But if he can't do that, might as well defend the manager on the way out. Yeah, well, just some comments here. Well, actually, one comment here from George. Um, I've seen because today I have been watching um, YouTube compilations of Zidane, not Zidane the manager, but Zidane the footballer. As I said, one of my favourite footballers, really the best central midfielder I've ever seen play football. So I've been watching all these videos, and that meme always pops up on Facebook and Twitter. With um, there's a photo of Sir Alex Ferguson sitting next to Zidane in the stands, and Sir Alex saying, "Give me ten planks of wood." And Zidane and I'll win you the Champions League. And then there was the meme next to it with Louis Van Gaal saying, "Give me um, ten planks of wood and Zidane, and I'll give you eleven planks of wood." <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a funny bit for me that I always found. But Steve uh, Mike saying, "Steve Bruce is an interim, although he's wounded by the Newcastle fan base. Some of our fan base on a higher no. level of toxicity, unfortunately. Look, I like Steve Bruce, but yeah, best not to include him in this discussion as Manchester. But Just for his sake, Mike. Like seriously, a- he looked a broken man. Jeez, like he needs to stay away from football for a while." Well, George here in regards to Ten Hag, a few people are saying sort of Ten Hag and is really available for the interim, which look, no. Oh, but, sign me up for that. Yeah, but I think a lot of people would, but then we're doing the sort of dangerous dance of he'll win a few games and yeah, Rooney's at the wheel. Oh, but yeah. but um, John here, Fletcher is on hiding the nothing if he's an interim for the rest of the season. I don't think he'll get to the end of the season. But um, he's got a good shout here. You mentioned him before and we'll mention him before Solskjaer came in. Um, originally get Blanc in for the interim for the rest of the season then start search for a new permanent manager. For next season, will be very interesting how this. I think they'll almost. Which there's one comment here from Ryan, but Wes saying Ten Hag as well. But Ryan here's saying sacking Ollie and keeping McKenna and the crew solves nothing. They all have to go, unfortunately. And on that, in regards to Ten Hag, Blanc, Zidane, however you want to say, it, I think even the Spanish manager there was a lot of Peggy or I forget his name, Lopetegui. I forget someone will correct me in the comments. Um, the guy who went to Real Madrid and sacked by Spain or whatever. Um, Did he's you even been mentioned some sort of pasta dish, Tom. Sounds like it, yeah. It fit right in the United. for Manchester United manager. But I think in terms of what Ryan's saying there, in terms of Carrick and McKenna, at the moment, okay, Darren Fletcher and Michael Carrick and McKenna, they'll all be there against Villarreal. This must-win game against Villarreal. I think there'll almost be two decisions. There'll be the outrage after the first one, but there very well could be that second interim, which you mentioned, type thing, which long-term might actually be the right decision. Short-term might not be, but we won't know the answer until two years down the track when we're having this debate about sacking the new, sacking the current manager type thing in two years' time. We won't know the answers of these. But um, Mike is saying, yeah, fair point, guys. Better for Steve Bruce to be out of football. United will probably kill him. Yeah. Look, I think he got a big payoff from uh, Mike Ashley up in Newcastle, so I hope he goes goes and enjoys himself. Um, sons himself over in Dubai and, um, I don't know, samples the local chippies out there. He does like a stop at the local kebab shop, Steve Bruce. Fair play to him. What was the last point we're going to get into, Larry? There was one more graphic you had here for us. Positives. Okay, here's a positive. Um, And more than a positive. Okay, it wasn't a trophy, Larry. My God, it came close to it. And I want everyone to get their thoughts in in the comments, whether you're in the UK and it was late at night or if you're in Australia here with us and it was a very early morning start before your workday. That night in Paris. Talk to me, Larry. That was a special, special morning. Night, morning, you know it, no, absolutely. Um, I, I remember the day. It's one of those where you, you remember where you were and you remember what you're doing. Uh, I remember being at my desk. I was meant to be doing work. I definitely wasn't. Sitting there watching. Um, Lukaku scores. They score. We score again. And it's like, hold on. This might be on here. 
and then just it's almost unreal it's it's dead set it's football for the fairy tales because that that does not happen nine times out of ten but it was just one of those things where everything fell into place and it it wasn't a trophy time but you just think of where united were as a club at the time it it might as well have been it it was it was a euphoria it just well you you look at the moments as well i mentioned that midfield imagine going now imagine any manager let's okay take away moments fc or individual brilliance or new manager bounce just have a look at the cold hard facts of the matter two nil down away to psg and you go there with McTominay, Fred, and Andreas Pereira in your midfield. And you go and win the match 3-1 to go through in the Champions League against the team who had who they have, Neymar, Mbappe, um, I was about to say Messi, um, Di Maria type thing. They had a good team. And for us to go there 2-0 down with, as I said, I want to mention them again, Fred, Andreas Pereira, and Scott McTominay in midfield. And the likes of Mason Greenwood coming on. I think it was Mason Greenwood's debut. Tahith Chong Tahith came Chong? on. Um, players like that. Yeah. It was an unbelievable. If Zidane comes in tomorrow, or Thomas Tuchel comes in and does that with that team, we're talking absolute managerial geniuses. And I'm not saying Solskjaer goes in that category, of course not. But he needs to be given credit. That was more than just good luck. Okay, yes, the handball was a little bit lucky, but I look back and that I was physically shaking. Like you talk about the emotion. I was speaking to a few people today, and when that penalty went in, the emotion. I was. Do you remember the feeling? I was physically shaking, like walking around the house. I Got left sick. work a little bit later that day. And um, that feeling, yes, it wasn't a trophy. Of course it wasn't a trophy, but a spe- special, special moment. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Smalling, game of his life. Yeah, everyone, I thought Romelu Lukaku was exactly what we wanted from a Manchester United striker. But um, George saying that night in Paris is the modern fans' equivalent of us beating Barcelona 3-2 in the 80s. a good shout, not a trophy, but those who saw it will never forget it and always treasure it, which is a fantastic point in what you mentioned in regards to that, Larry. Yes, it's not a trophy. It's and we're all about winning trophies. That's what you sort of you want to remember. But sometimes that isn't. Ninety nine percent of football clubs don't win trophies. We're the very fortunate club. We're a very fortunate club that quite often do. And to be honest, quite often we don't. How long we've been in existence since what eighteen seventy eight? Most likely, we don't win a trophy every season. But we're, we're one of the select few who are privileged enough to witness a lot of trophies. And you talk to any Manchester United fan in the eighties, they talk about their best moment. It's that game at, um, in 84 with Brian Robson and Maradona at Old Trafford against Barcelona. We did, there was no trophy at the end of that, but that is the moment they all look back at. And yeah, it wasn't a trophy, but we will look back at that night in Paris and we'll remember, as you say, you can count all the little details from where you were, what you're feeling, what you're wearing, what, where you're working. Um, it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, Ashley here saying that night in Paris was the best. Unbelievable. But um Look, there is no actual news. It's what now 9.30 in the morning over in England, 8.30 p.m. here. Still no official news on Twitter. What are you expecting, Larry? Are you expecting... There's, surely there's an announcement today. And the reason there'll have to be an announcement today is I assume Man United are flying out tomorrow. And there'll have to be a decision, well, is Solskjaer on the plane or is he not on the plane? So there has to be the announcement today. They can't wait till tomorrow if they're flying out tomorrow. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is there any chance Solskjaer's in charge uh, for Villarreal? No. Which... It won't be, surely. But but when does that come? Like, what's the? Is there a business side of thing? You put your business hat on. Is there a business side of thing? Okay, it's a weekend. If that plays a dynamic, well, what Mike said in regards to the stock exchange, why haven't they announced it? If the decision has been made, which obviously it has, all the credible journalists have confirmed it, and when they do confirm it, it is confirmed. Why hasn't it been announced? Uh, is there a business thing, or is there a social media reason they haven't done it? I don't know. Maybe the admin's still sleeping. Tom, maybe he's missed his cue. And lost his pass. So we actually spoke to the one of the Twitter admins that they've changed, but when they were over in Perth, we spoke to the Twitter admin and he does the Facebook, he did Instagram and um, Twitter at the time. And we spoke about the abuse and he says, yeah, we, we don't read it. <laughs> I put the tweet out, I put the post out and all the notifications are off. We, we're, we're like trained not to go and read them. Um, when it's a good, when it's a feel-good natured post, they'll go back in and sort of go through a few tweets type thing. But if it's yeah. after a loss, they, they put it out and <laughs> they just turn the laptop off type thing. Yeah, it's muted. They're not checking. Good on them. I wouldn't either. Well, just I was saying here in regards to the stock exchange, look, very likely, who knows, um, every transfer they seem to mention that. Um, I, n- I never quite know if that's going to really eventuate, but look, it could play, play a part, definitely. I'm just going to scroll through. Is there anything I else? I think that it's actually... an obligation. I'm no expert in, in stock exchange, but I believe there's an obligation. Like, it, it would make sense because... Yeah. So my understanding is the stock exchange, it opens on a certain time every week and that will then impact the value of United. And then if anyone wants to then, because it will inevitably probably drop the price 
of Manchester United shares, and then it will allow people to, you know, if they want to put their shares up for sale, etc. It's interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. I just want to, just one point I wrote down here, and look, it's a discussion for another day, because who knows, Zinedine Zidane might not be the new manager. Let's say Zinedine Zidane is the new manager, and he goes in and has a discussion with your mate and captain of Manchester United, Harry Maguire. Just want your opinion on the potential, because I would say no, but I, th- I think there might be in, in this case, in the situation we find ourselves in, could you see a situation where Harry Maguire is stripped of the captaincy and because it's Zinedine Zidane and his relationship with Varane and especially more so with Ronaldo, could you see a situation where Zidane comes in and strips um, Harry Maguire and how that would sort of how that would play out? I think he needs to, mate. I think he needs to. It, it needs to or doesn't need to. Will it happen if, that, if Zidane comes I in? I could see it. I could see it. I think the way Harry Maguire has carried himself, Tom, I said it to you before we started recording, it's been nothing short of disgraceful. I, and my frustration with, with the Englishman isn't actually to do with the playing ability. Like I said to you, players play bad sometimes. They go through bad trots of form. Do you remember Jesse Lingard prior to his West Ham loan? It's awful. Okay? I talked to my girlfriend about Jesse Lingard. She thinks he's fantastic. She didn't watch Jesse Lingard before that. Because he was bad. He, was, he wasn't good at all. He went through a really bad patch. But there wasn't, and he got dogs abuse. But every time Lingard, the, the one thing I will credit him with, he put his head down. He worked hard. He never complained. It came out. He was going through a few personal things. He went to West Ham and he showed what he's capable of. Harry Maguire, everything he's done this season off the field has been nothing short of disgraceful. He can't be captain anymore. It just, it should be, whether if Solskjaer was in charge, still. I would be saying, mate, you got to take the captaincy off this play. He, th- he threw the armband on the floor the other night when no, he got no, no. Look, I've seen Roy Keane do that countless times. I've seen Roy Keane yeah, do that eight Roy times. Keane, I think Roy Keane's, also, Roy look, Keane's look, a look, serial look, winner. Yeah, no, look, 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 I know. But um, I think the reason, and I don't know why, I think we all do, we play out scenarios in our head, we envisage what would happen. I could see, and whether it happens, and again, Zidane might not be the manager. The way I see Zidane coming in and in a positive way, stripping Harry Maguire the captaincy. I could see him going in and just on the training ground, pulling Maguire to the side and say, listen, um, you're going through a tough tough spell. Look, I've been here. I've won Champions Leagues. I know what I'm doing. I need to get the best out of Ronaldo. So what I'm going to do, I need to keep Ronaldo happy. I'm going to give him the captain's armband. Look, you're still my leader at the back, but I, I know how to get the best out of Ronaldo. I'm going to give Ronaldo, keep him happy, and he's going to lead the team. He's a fantastic leader, but he's going to lead that end of the pitch. I need you to just focus on your job and do your thing here. I know it sounds bad, but you're still my captain. You're still my leader at the back. That's, in my opinion, what should should be done if he wants to go around down that route of stripping Maguire, the captaincy, and keeping sort of the harmony. If he just goes and says, oi, Big guy, give me the captain's armband. I'm giving it to him. You're on the bench. Well, that's going to cause a little bit of disharmony, and not just with Maguire. Is it though? Who's it going to cause well, disharmony with? It it will because players have friends. Like okay, they can think okay, he's not a good player or he's a good player, but they have friends in the dressing room and natural relationships type of thing and clicks and like it, it would. We might not think oh who would care? People would care if Harry Maguire's walking around kicking up a stink. It's going to have a knock on effect on one or two people. Yeah. But um. Josiah here saying Maguire has been disgraceful, gets a red card and throws down Ben on the ground. Look, as yes, I agree. But as I said, I've seen Roy can do that seven or eight times. <laughs> that happens. But again, different category. Um, those two. Um, George saying, Ahmad made a great point a few months ago. Maguire carries himself the same way. Jordan Pickford does. Um, neither other performers or ability to back it up. Jordan Pickford, I haven't heard that name for a while. Um, I'm waiting for one of his clangers. When he, oh, Everton beat United a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Or Drew. It felt like a loss. <laughs> Uh, but um, just one more comment here before we sort of start to wrap up. George saying in regards, oh, did you see how he threw the armband to Bruno when in a Netflix series to see arguments between De Gea and Maguire will make the Glazers money as well? My, my dream is to see that Netflix or Amazon documentary, Larry. As I said, in terms of the business at Manchester United, they just could not do it. They just could not give access. Why to not? Even it if it would be oh, a disaster. You know doing... we, we, yeah, we, don't, yeah. we can't see behind the scenes and we know what a shambles it is. Imagine actually having proof of it. Like, it would just, they couldn't do it. It would sell like hotcakes, though. It would sell like absolute hotcakes. But um, is there anything else you want to discuss before we start to wrap up? I'm just going to have one last scroll on Twitter. Is there anything, any other topics you want to sort of talk about? Um, feel free. Well, actually, I think it's worth remembering when Solskjaer took over, United were sitting pretty in 11th. 11, what were we 11 points off top four when Solskjaer took yeah, over? There was, was a big gap. There was a big gap. Um, we're only six points off fourth position. So... I think whoever comes in and look, I would have liked the Glazers to act sooner, but you know we're nowhere near the end of the season. There's plenty of time to salvage this season, and I think we can be looking back in May saying, you know, we've had a good year. 
Um, but again, it will just be really interesting to see what they do next. Um, I gotta say, um, looking at Donnie's performance last night, just you can't help but wonder. Look, obviously, who knows if we stay with 11 on the field, maybe it's a different result. Donnie, Donnie showed what we're missing in midfield yesterday, didn't he? He's not the perfect solution, Donny Vanderbilt. He's not our number six. But I think you saw the through ball to Ronaldo. You saw his goal. You saw all the positive involvements he had with, with the ball. It's just like, it just makes you wonder, like, what was his persistence with McTominay and Fred for so long? Yeah, no, it's one of those ones. We'll definitely, whether it be an Amazon documentary or whether someone releases a book, it will be fascinating. And I, I always allude back to that when we're saying, oh, how pissed off Donny van der Beek would be. Of course he wouldn't. He has every right to be. But even under our treble winning team, there would have been players unhappy. Our 07, 08 team, there would have been players unhappy. Every single successful team has players on the bench who aren't playing, who wouldn't be happy. That's that's natural. But when you're losing, things are magnified. And then, then we're sort of dissecting everyone's emotions and everything. But every single team has unhappy players. Ours is Donny van der Beek. It's a huge story because he's the new signing. Usually it's not the new signing. Usually the new signing is thrown straight in the deep end. Ours wasn't afforded that opportunity, but every single team, look at Liverpool, there'll be players unhappy there. Minamino scored against Arsenal. Um, it's the first time he's probably played this season type thing. He'd be unhappy with his game time, etc. So it's an interesting one, but um, just hear um, Ryan saying, Donny played a third in one game that he's played. Oh, sorry, Donny played a third in one game that he's played all season and bags a goal, says it all. And the goal was one thing. I thought he just played well in general, one through his mm. ability, but also the bite in the tackles and the energy he provided. It was amazing. And look, he will be afforded an opportunity when he comes in in terms of, I think, one of Fred McTominay will sort of go to the side and Donny van der Beek will take their place in regards to the pecking order in the squad. But... Um, yeah, John, last comment here before we start to wrap up on the last topic. John saying, Maguire's attitude and performance show he's not good enough to be captain. De Gea or Ronaldo are probably the ideal choices to be captain, which is a debate for another. Which I'm, we'll be having a I'm on the Varane train. Well, it'd be, it'd be fascinating. Well, look, if Brendan Rodgers comes in, Harry Maguire's probably the captain. If Zinedine Zidane comes in, that's where it might actually change. So, yeah, That's what we well, need. A former well, Liverpool manager coming in and giving old good old Slabhead a, a stay of execution as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That'll go down well. Nice introduction to life at Old Trafford for um, Brendan. Oh, make sure you follow on that deluded Brendan Twitter page then when that all unfolds. But um, Larry, it's been good to have a chat over a beer. And um, yeah. look, as we said, we went live 45 minutes ago waiting for, assuming at 45 minutes ago there was going to be an official announcement. It has not happened. But if you are watching on delay um, and he has been sacked, I'm sure all the conversation is still relevant. Um, everything has been confirmed except the... Nice little statement they put on the Man United app and the Man United Twitter page type thing. But um, yeah, Sally here, same thing across for Zizou. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Zidane, especially for the in terms of the, the current makeup of the squad. I think long-term, I do look at a manager like Ten Hag or Brendan Rodgers, maybe lean towards Brendan Rodgers for the Premier League aspect, but I do like Ten Hag, obviously, but he loses a game. We're saying, why are we getting a guy from the Dutch division who hasn't done it at the highest level? What's he done? So I understand the huge concerns with Ten Hag, but in terms of our current makeup of the squad and getting the best out of Ronaldo, which we need to do, rightly or wrongly, if he's at the club for the whatever reasons, we have Ronaldo, we have to use him. I think Zidane is the ideal manager at the time. Um, like with Antonio Conte, a lot of people wanted Conte because they said we need a short-term option now to win now with this squad. But Zidane, I think, probably does fall into that category. But mm. what are you thinking, Larry? Does the chat make you feel better or you feel more concerned or how are you feeling? I'm thinking Zizou comes in and teaches Fred how to do all the sorts of magic that, that's tricks. The thing. I, I just Googled um, Zidane's age. He's, he's 49 years old. I don't know when he turns 50, but let's say he turns 50 tomorrow and he comes in um, Manchester United. It's scary because he comes in as our manager, but he also comes in, and I'm not taking the piss, he comes in as our best midfielder. I think he – okay, he's not, not going to be able to play midfield. But in terms of ability, at training, he'll walk into that training when they're playing boxes and be the best midfielder. Guaranteed. Fred, you fucking idiot. This is how you do it. Oh, but, but he yeah. could like – I know he's 50. I know he can't run at that level. I understand it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but when we, he will join in at training. We've seen him do that at Real Madrid. Uh, he'll kill Wan-Bissaka. My God. Wan-Bissaka can't do a five-yard pass, Tom. Do you remember Zidane as a player a bit before your time in regards to the catch the yeah, tail end? Yeah, definitely early days. I got bits and drabs in my head. He um, was a player. He, as I said, growing up, better than he, Paul Scholes for me, and I freaking love Paul Scholes. Yeah, for me, growing up, the best players for me growing up in my head were the goal scorers or the wingers, the, the attacking mm. players who impacted games in that way. They were original Ronaldo, <laughs> and obviously original Ronaldo was one of the best. But those players, okay, who's going to score goals? Um, they're the best players. Zidane was the first player who I realized, oh. 
you can be the best player in the world and not be a goal scorer. And that was why I sort of love for sort of those midfielders sort of grew off the back of Zinedine Zidane, an absolute wonder player who has a good history with Manchester United in, in the Champions League, some sort of memorable games, some memorable moments. But uh, that is not the reason to sign him as manager for his playing career. But if you haven't, do yourself a favour and go watch his Zidane compilation. Fantastic player. I would have loved to have seen him at United as a player and maybe now as a manager. But um, Elliot saying, thanks for going live, lads. Needed some more debriefing after today. You're welcome, Elliot. Um, yeah, it's good just to come on and chat, whether it be positive or negative. Uh, not to sound bad, but Larry, we've got nothing better to do and nothing better than chatting United, even if it is negative. But um, appreciate the support, Elliot. Truly do. Um, Ahmed, personally, I want us to go all out for Ten Hag. He's on the same ilk as Klopp, Tuchel. Uh, we need a philosophy, not a name. Look, I do like Ten Hag. And look, if he comes in, I think it's a great appointment. Is it a great appointment with the Glazers and Ed Woodward above him? I'm not quite sure. But um... Talking about philosophy, not a name, I think the whole Zadar not being a, an absolute tactician is maybe a little bit overstated. I think it's worth remembering Cristiano Ronaldo had his most successful period at Real Madrid under Zinedine Zidane. And I think what, what Zizou managed to do really well at Real Madrid that his predecessors didn't is he figured out how to get the best out of Ronaldo and win. Real Madrid had a phenomenal side throughout the... Look, that Barcelona side through the 2010s to 2012-13 was the best football side I can think of in, in modern modern times. But in saying that, Zizou comes in. You Look, you don't win three Champions Leagues on the bounce. Historically breaking, by the way. Record-breaking. Uh, you don't do that by fluke. He knew what he was doing. And to manage egos that way, to get the work rate out of those players and to get the most productive Cristiano Ronaldo, the most successful Cristiano Ronaldo. I think when when you talk about when when Ronaldo and Messi both retire, Tom, I think if if that Zidane period at Real, at Real Madrid doesn't happen, I think it'd be lopsided because Messi's success in terms of trophies spoke for itself. When you look at, however, when you look at what Zidane managed to achieve and what he managed to get out of Ronaldo, and what he achieved with Real Madrid, we're sitting here a few weeks ago saying, well, we actually think Ronaldo is leaving Messi behind. But trophies is ultimately what defines a player's legacy. So it's worth remembering that when we're before we say, you know, Zizou's no tactician, it takes something to get the best out of Cruz, Casemiro, Modric, Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, all singing in the same tune. So it's something worth remembering. Yeah, definitely. Well, just that last point before, before you sort of wrap up the stream on Ronaldo and Zidane. And I don't want to throw Ronaldo under the bus in a way that I don't think is the case. But there was a case when he came in and it was lazy, but people were saying, oh, Ronaldo's bigger than Solskjaer. He's going to be calling the shots in the dressing room. He's not going to have any respect for Solskjaer. And I'm not saying Ronaldo got Solskjaer the sack because look, Ronaldo's come in and he's performed. He's been one of the few who can hold his head high and has delivered. However, the way you could argue that Ronaldo has got Solskjaer sacked is how he changed the expectations. And Solskjaer suddenly couldn't deal with those expectations. So there is a case saying, well, Ronaldo's the reason. And I'm just thinking, is that a case for Ronaldo? I'm not saying Ronaldo's coming into Ed Woodward's office, knocking on the door, saying, hey, sack Solskjaer, bring in Zidane. I'm not saying that's the case. But is there a little bit of maybe a case like that? So Ronaldo has been the almost catalyst for Solskjaer's downfall. In a positive way, Ronaldo's delivered, but um, just Solskjaer hasn't been able to keep up. And now Ronaldo's saying, well, if you do need a new manager, I know a French guy who I, I, I play pretty well under. Yeah, and I think we need to think about this when we're talking about the next manager. The Glazers will be conscious of Ronaldo's only got a two-year contract. And there is an argument that says, I have no doubt there are clauses in that contract that say, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, he can go. He'll have the option to pull out. And I think that's ultimately going to be why they're going to look for a manager who Ronaldo does have a relationship with. So should the absolute worst happen, there's an incentive to stay. Um, so I think Zizou ticks all the boxes. Yeah, no, definitely. Just uh, as we wrap up here, George, with a good one, saying we should do second videos the same way we do the unveiling videos, even if it's just Ollie's face photoshopped onto the bye-bye video clip would lighten the mood. I've seen the ones, the Friends, it has social... Uh, um, it has the Friends intro music and has Paul Scholes, Gary Neville. Um, very well done. If you haven't, um, find it on Twitter. Very funny. Uh, Rob, um, hope you all. You had a good weekend away, I assume. Um, you obviously went away for a little bit. Um, unfortunately, United didn't make it the perfect weekend. But um, you will definitely remember it, Rob. Um, great job, guys. Had you, um, had you on in the car on the trip back home. Safe trip, mate. Um, hope you and the kids and the family are keeping well. And last comment here saying, from George. We have to develop a system that gets us playing with Ronaldo that flows. Jose did something with Ibra. The new manager will have to do something similar and get the best out of the whole team. Absolutely. Yes. 
completely agree and look very easy on paper and we're completely right George we can say that I can do that on football manager I get this player and I play him here and I give him that instruction and he carries it out real life is something very different you're dealing with people's emotions and people's confidence and United are at rock bottom in regards to confidence which is why we do need this new manager bounce whether Darren Fletcher provides that or whether Lauren Blanc comes in as interim or we go and spend big money on a new manager um time will tell as we said it has not been confirmed but um it is confirmed we all know that so Larry, an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you, everyone in the live chat. That was good, as we said, always with this live chat. Um, normal discussion, but as we said, all adults and no one screaming or throwing their toys out of the pram type thing. Oh, Lewis, big fan. Oh, not big fan, but a very good mate of mine. Big fan of the channel. He has been on. He did the Brazilian podcast with us before. Uh, one of our first videos on YouTube. Hope you're keeping well, Lewis. Just joined you guys now. Big fan of the channel. Please try to sell Maguire ASAP in January. Well, I've, look, I've seen Lewis play and... Um, He's a better footballer than Harry Maguire. Uh, Lewis is obviously a very classy player, and Harry Maguire doesn't really resemble that of a footballer. So I can understand a Brazilian's frustration with Harry Maguire in terms of the visual aspect of seeing um, Harry Maguire try and play football. But I um, hope you're keeping well, Lewis, and um, yeah, stay in touch, man. But hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Um, please leave a like on the video. That would be great. It will cheer both Larry and I up. And if you aren't subscribed, please do. We'll definitely be going live tomorrow with a new manager video, Larry, most likely, probably. Yeah, definitely. You know what would lift my mood a little bit? There's 29 people in here. Make sure you're subscribed so you can come in and see the beautiful faces of Tom and myself. I need an excuse to brush my hair every day. And well, so does Zidane, Zidane could join the club. Maybe Zidane. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You and Zidane got the same haircut, actually. Do you, who inspired who? Did you inspire Zidane or did Z Zidane Zidane, Zidane has seen my highlights. As I said, I, today I found myself watching his highlights, but um, yeah, he definitely... Find mine, find my highlights from my younger days. But um, as I said, go go and watch Zidane's highlights if you haven't. As I said, Paul Scholes is the best footballer I've seen, and I know Messi and Ronaldo in a category. Paul Scholes is the best footballer. It sounds stupid, but Zidane is better. Zidane is the best central midfielder I've seen play football. And for that reason, Larry, I know it makes no sense, but I'll take him as the manager because he was that good. I'm with you there. Au revoir. Au revoir, bonjour, whatever the word is. I'm, when you mention Harry Maguire speaking English or listening to Zinedine Zidane, the, the image I had in my head was Harry Maguire trying to learn French. <laughs> we'll leave that <laughs> to another day. Yeah, he'll bring hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Yeah, hopefully everyone did. Um, good to see you. Sally, hope you're keeping well. Like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Um, hope you're keeping well, you and the young one. But um, chat to you tomorrow with a new video, Larry, and a new manager, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Cheers.